This is episode number 262 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Thanks a lot to our show sponsors, Smith Street Paleo. Remember, if you review and rate the podcast over on iTunes, Smith Street Paleo will give you a Smith Street goodie bag. Well worth hopping over there and getting that done. Our guest today is an old friend of mine by the name of Tom Ellis, who recently gave away one of his kidneys to his fiance. an incredible selfless act, and I'm super excited to have Tom on the show to discuss the pre, during, and post effects, both physically and mentally, of donating a kidney. Let's jump right in to today's show. Tom Ellis, welcome to the show. Mate, thanks for taking the time out to come and chat to us. Thank you, Marcus. Mate, we go back quite a long time. I think we first, well, probably met at school about it was, yeah. 20 years ago or something like that. Early 90s, maybe? Early 90s, something like that. And then, mate, we had more, a lot, obviously a lot more contact when, uh, when you were dominating the world wakeboarding scene. T- just tell us a little bit about that, mate, because I think that gives this story quite a bit of context sort of about your background and what you used to do. Um, you sponsored me with Oakley, if I remember correctly. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 Um, I was competing um, at the highest level around yeah. the world, um, predominantly Middle East and Asia, right. um, but on a world stage as well. Um, was ranked 15th in the world at, at one point. Just is it, how does how do the wakeboarding how does the wakeboarding world work then for you to be sort of up there with the best is it you know how what what is it ranked on and how, how did all that work because I mean this was really your life right yeah it's all I did um, yeah. there's world championships there's, yeah. there's tours yeah um, uh, just like just like most um, sports extreme sports yeah um, I was. It was very, very small in the region. I was, I was spotted by um, a brand called Hyperlite, which was associated with Oakley at the time. Yeah. And they paid for me to um, do a bit of traveling. Right. Um, as well as my mum and dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that gave me the opportunity to go to the world, um, right. which was in America. Right. And uh, it was um, it progressed from there. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 just a world competition, so yeah. anyone can go. Right, you don't have to qualify. Right, but you are you obviously up there with the best in the world, and and wakeboarding. I remember when I met you, wakeboarding was all you wanted to do. It was That's life. All I did, yeah. it, it was all you pretty much did for ten years of my life. Really? Yeah. So when when did you sort of stop the wakeboarding, mate? I mean, because this is I think this is going to give some interesting context to what we're going to speak about later on. When when did that sort of come to an end, and when did you move into sort of a real, should we call it a real job? I don't know. A real job. Yeah, maybe it's not really a real job. Yeah. Um, I got old, man, I'll yeah. be honest. I, I got old, and everyone just got so much better. Right. Um, I, it, it was, you know, I should have probably retired a lot sooner than I did. Yeah. But saying that, you know, seeing all these kids come up and, and dominate. One of my last competitions was probably my best. Right. Um, and I, I came. I was ranked sixth. Wow. In uh, Asia and Australasia. Wow. Um, in the Asian Championships, and then I did some demos after that, and then I, I, I hurt my back really badly. Right. Um, and then we called it a day. That was enough. Yeah. So after after you hurt your back, mate, what was your sort of passion for for sport and like outside of wakeboarding? When you, as you said, you, you made wakeboarding sort of your life for ten years, and then you know you've hurt your back, you've given it up. What was your where was your head at, and and where was where were you going in with regards to sport at that stage? Um, I was going nowhere. I'll, yeah. be, I'll be honest. Yeah, um, I was I was teaching wakeboarding. Right, um, but. Uh, it becoming more of a job um, it was a bit harder um, financially it yeah. pretty much sucked yeah right um, and sporting wise not much at all right um, until a friend of mine who you know yeah. uh, Ed Nicholas yeah um, sort of 
shook me and said, you, you, you're a fat mess kind of thing. Had but, you put on weight? Um, no, just just, just looked like a retard, yeah. <laughs> um, no offense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he and he he, uh, he got me back into shape. Yeah. Um, with circuit style training because yeah. he's obviously a rugby player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it evolved into a bit of CrossFit. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was. I want to fast forward quite quick on that because it was almost on the back of that, and a, a few years later that sort of we caught up again, and you said, "Oh, can you help me with a couple of things?" And w- we started doing a little bit of training together. I mean, you'd really by then become, I guess. I guess in a positive way, obsessed with, with working out, with fitness, and with, I guess, with your body feeling and looking really good, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a snowball effect. Um, for me to get back into shape, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and because I was at, you know, an elite level um, in an extreme sport, yeah. you had to be pretty, pretty fit. Yeah. Um, and it came back quickly, and it, and it was just so fun. Yeah. Um, and... So yeah, and ended up training once, twice a day, uh, five, six days a week. Yeah, um, yeah, and just getting really into it. Just getting super into it, and that's that's where I want to pick this up, mate. The the the, the topic, really, what we're going to speak about today. I remember it so distinctly when it, I think it was about the third or fourth time you came into the gym, and we were just working out at that stage, just with it, with, with an empty barbell, and you turned around and said to me, "My girlfriend needs a kidney." Correct. And you sort of started telling me the story. And to be honest, mate, I, I actually didn't know what to say. I was a bit like, oh, yeah. And then as the session went on, you think about it. And then I think a few weeks later, you're like, there's a chance that I might be the match. Correct. Mate, yeah. Like, I think at the time when we we're talking about it, it was almost like, I, I would say almost a fantasy. It was almost like it wasn't real. Talk us through how that started and how suddenly one day over an empty barbell that came out because I think that's really the start of this story. Um, yeah, my uh, my girlfriend Jeannie, she um, she'd been diabetic since she was she was born pretty much eighteen months old. Right. Um, and uh, over time, you know, it affected her kidneys. Um, so she was in hospital a few times. Yeah. Um, with the kidneys here, and and I'd always said, hey, if if you need one of mine, you can have it. Really. Uh, and it was just, it wasn't a joke, but it was it was <laughs> something that we'd never thought would transpire. Yeah. Um, and she went back to it was May third actually. Right. Uh, when she went back to England, 2015, and yeah, uh, the day before uh, I was in here training. Yeah. Um, I got the call to say she wasn't coming home. Right. Um, she was in England for a week. Yeah. Um, just doing some checkups. Uh, she called me. Yeah, I ain't coming home. Wow. My kidneys have failed. Wow. Um, and you guys have been together for how long, mate? Uh, at this point, we'd been together um, over three, three and a half years. Right, right. Wow. Um, so I immediately said, oh, well, how do we fix this? Right. Um, what, what do we do? She goes, right. well, I, well, I need a new kidney. I said, let's, okay. Um, so the whole family uh, put the names forward. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I did. Yeah. And that's when I brought it up with you in the, yeah. in the gym that morning. Yeah. What? When you sort of get a call like that, mate, and you know, she's obviously quite young. You know, we're all we're all relatively young in this, and it's like I'm not going to be able to come home. You've been together for a few years. I'm not going to be able to come home because I don't have any kidneys anymore. What? Aside from your sort of complete level-headedness of no worries, you can have one of mine, what start to go through your mind? Maybe not initially, but definitely in the aftermath of that phone call. Um, well, you, you, your whole life, really, as you know it, just kind of shatters around you yeah. um, because you, you live for that person. Yeah. Um, and to, I mean, it was pretty numbing as well. Yeah. Um, but you, you don't know what to think. Right. Um, and it was very surreal. Yeah. Um, and you just have to be level-headed. Right. And, and step back, stand out of, of the situation, and, and think how she needs to be told what we're going to do. Right, um, right. Just to support her. And, uh, yeah, this ain't a big deal. We're just going to fix it. Right. So it's not uh, – the immediate reaction is, is, is to give life. Like, you weren't even thinking at that point – 
what will happen to my body, what will happen to the quality of, of your life, which we'll go on to speak about later, like if you were to give this kidney away. No, there's, there was, yeah. Amazing. N- nothing nothing in my head came up with what I'm going to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, th- the main thing is what I can give. Right. Um, no, no, sacrifice never came into into my mind. Incredible. So what what's talk us through a little bit of the process, mate. It's, it's all very good saying like like you did early on. Oh, if you need a kidney, you can have one of mine. But it wasn't quite as easy as that. And you know we we've kept we've kept in contact through this. And I I, I would ima- I would hazard a guess that you've flown about twenty five to thirty times to the UK in the last two years. So just talk yeah, us through well, a little bit of of the pre op procedures and what you actually went through there um well the first the first thing is um what blood group are you right are, are you compatible yeah. um she is um say lucky enough but she she's uh a b right now a b is special because they can receive blood um from pretty I'm much just checking what i am <laughs> i'm a b positive can i yeah yeah, 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 I yeah. Okay? you're good you're good okay, you, cool. you can receive blood from anyone right okay um, but you can't give to anyone Oh. Only that. Only to A B positive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so she can receive from pretty much everyone. So I didn't even know what blood group I was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this is two. This is basically May 2015. Yeah. So right. uh, the first thing I did, I called my twin sister. Right. Because uh, I was thinking we're the same blood group, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Um, anyway, so I went and uh, went back. Immediately got on a plane. That's what right. I did. Right. Got on a plane, went back, went straight to the hospital. Um, and we tested what blood group I was. Yeah. Um, a minus. Yeah, good to go. Right. Um, as did her brother, her sister, her father, her brother-in-law. Right. Uh, aunties, uncles. Right. Um, and everyone. so, out of everyone, you were the only one that could work, or were there, were there others? Um, it was kind of whittled down. Right. Um, and and we kind of made a, a, a competition out of it to, <laughs> to see who who was going to actually do it. Really. Um, wow. And it, it came down to uh, three of us. Right. Uh, myself, her brother, who's only 18 months younger than her. Right. Um, who was the kind of the front runner, as you, yeah, as you were. Yeah. Uh, and her brother-in-law. Right. Um, and then, yeah, after testing and testing, uh, tissue typing, yeah. they test your antigens, that they, they have to mix uh, our blood with hers to see if it rejects. Wow. Um, and of of everyone uh, and this takes time though mate as well right she's yeah. in the UK you're here holding down a job yeah. sort of you know supporting you both and, and two different two different countries what what was that like the the, the process of it because it, it's not you've made it sound very easy oh some, some blood and we made a family thing out of it but it actually took a lot of time and, and with time I guess comes a lot of stress and uncertainty um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that the, the initial testing process to find out yeah. who the donor was going to be um, took about six months. Right. Wow. Um, of not knowing, really. Of, 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 of not knowing at all. And to be honest with you, thinking it would be Nushi, a younger brother. <laughs> right. Uh, and, I, and, and, and I was just going along with it. Right. Um, in support of everyone. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, no one thought it was going to be uh, not him. Right. Um, so yeah, six months traveling back and forward, um, wow. doing all the tests, and not you know not just doing the tests, but going to, to, to be with her yeah. and supporting her because she, you know, looking me aside, she she's uh, got kidneys that don't work. I was going to say, is was she deteriorating? Um, yeah, um, she had to be on dialysis. Right. Um, and it was uh, peritoneal dialysis, so it's right. not like the hemo where. You go in three times a week, and, and, and they kind of flush your blood out. Yeah. It's peritoneal, so uh, you have to do it every day. Wow. Um, every, every day, eight hours a day. Wow. Um, so they uh, they insert some tubes and, and, and everything inside, and you plug yourself in every night. Wow. Um, so she was going through that, which is, which is mental. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, how, is she, how, how is she dealing with it, mate? I mean, I, I, I'm sure that... You know, having you guys running around and, and doing it is, but she still has to do this eight hours a day of dialysis. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, her father was so supportive. He moved back to England with her. Wow. Um, and she's got family, obviously there. Yeah. Um, 
and it was it was her dad mainly I think that that was like the rock for her right because uh, he was there all the time right um, and we were, yeah we traveled back and we supported but she she's the strongest person I've ever met and and really? and, and, and looking at what she had to go through yeah um, you know it was it was you know we're did, in awe of, of how she actually handled it did you see that in her personality before or did it sort of develop um, in this tough time. Yeah, I mean, she's always been tough. Like, yeah. she's diabetic, so, right. you know, testing your blood sugars every day and injecting yourself with insulin, you know, four yeah. or five times a day and, yeah. and, and not really, like, yeah, whatever. Like, it's just, just got on part with of it. life. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, having a few kidney issues, being in hospital yeah. uh, before then and, and getting on with life and... and and you'd never know, like if you met, if anyone met her on the street, you'd you'd never know she had anything wrong with her. So she'd just go about life normal and that not just standard sort of no qualms. You just would ev- you'd never, never know. know. Yeah. That's incredible. So they found out there's you and her brother, who's basically you're the front runners. What's happened next? Um, we got asked to check our emails because there was some uh, news. <laughs> God. And um, I was at work at the time yeah. and uh, opened the email and was just thinking I was reading a letter to say uh, thanks for everything, um, but we, d- we don't need you as a donor. And right. I read it as you have been selected as uh, the uh, primary donor. From who does this email come? Uh, from the NHS. From the NHS in the UK. You get an email saying you have been selected as a primary donor. Yeah. Where um, were you when you read it? I was in my office having lunch. Right. Um, <laughs> How did the lunch taste after that? I didn't taste it after that. <laughs> um, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was complete shock. Um, really? I I had to sit down for a little bit. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And, and, and it was initial shock, but, but it was mixed emotions because it was like, I'm going to... I'm going to save her life. Like, right, ha- right. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. forget the shock. You know, it's going to be me that is going to... You're going to keep someone alive. Save my girlfriend's life. Yeah. And what... When did you speak? Like, did you call her straight away? Did she know? Did she get an email at the same time? How does no, that... No, we all had to... I mean, we had a WhatsApp group. Right. All of us. Right. And, and everyone was crying, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. Oh, my God. Um, but her brother was... We couldn't get hold of him. And then right. I, I read it and I just said... It's me. It's, it's, it's me. Wow. And, yeah, it was just, wow. I mean, no, no one expected it. What was the conversation? You obviously spoke to her quite soon after that on the phone. How did that conversation go um, the next time you chatted? She was full of guilt. Really? Yeah. Um, in tears... Just uh, upset that it ju- just just did not want it to be me. Really, she didn't wow. want it to be anyone. Yeah, right, right. Um, because it's not a normal thing to do. No, so she just felt it gu- just guilt. Really, just, just guilty. Yeah. Mate, that must have been like one of the most crazy situations for both of you. In that you've gone through all the tests, you finally found out, we finally got a solution to to. To almost end her suffering, I know there's different parts to it that, that we'll talk about, but it comes around and that's the reaction, which is so normal for someone, right? So how, how did you work through that bit? Because like, that's almost the start of the next step of the journey, isn't it? Um, yeah, just, just assured her that this is, this is 100% what I want to do right. and, and I'm actually really happy that I'm, I'm, I'm doing it yeah um, and that uh, yeah I mean just 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 continually telling her that it, it, it's okay like how long did it take to sink in for both of you that it was you and this was going to be real um, or hasn't it a, 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 until uh, probably on the the uh, when when I was being wheeled into the operating theater really yeah Right. Yeah, it, it was it was like watching a documentary on the Discovery Channel. So, so let's let's fast forward a little bit, mate. Just give us a quick run through because it wasn't quick. There was still yeah. from that point there was still a lot of stuff until the day that you got wheeled yeah. into the she, operating theatre. She was uh, on the uh, donor list, because, right? Um, she needs a double transplant, right? Not just the kidneys, but a pancreas, right? Okay. Um, so she was on the list, right? Um, which means twenty four hours a day. 
if your phone rings and it's hospital, yep. you get there because someone unfortunately has passed away. Right. And, right. and they're an organ donor and uh, they're a match for you. Right. Um, so um, there was a time when she got a phone call. Oh. I, I was the donor, but she got a phone call right. uh, in on the 9th of February. Yeah. Uh, 2016 uh, to say we have organs for you both wow. a kidney and a pancreas wow uh, I was in Dubai at the time um, I, I got on the first plane that I could yeah. um, but subsequently the organs um, didn't uh, they, they, they were a match but they weren't um, as good as mine <laughs> <laughs> lucky you um, yeah, and, right. th- and then that's when they said right this is it uh, Tom, you, you you know you're going to be giving your kidney to your girlfriend on the 31st of March. Bang! That's it done. That's it. So yeah. 9th of February doesn't work out. Tom, 31st of March, we need you here. You're in. Yeah. How do you prepare for that, mate? Um, Physically and mentally, you carry on as normal. Right. Uh, you train. I mean, I was I was training with you, yeah. and, and I was trying to get better at at, uh, at life and yeah. fitness, and because it. it to me, it was just continuing as normal and, yeah. and getting on with the day job. But it was almost like, you know, this is, uh, you know, your last 40-odd days, you know, with with, uh, with two kidneys because you don't know how it's going to affect you later on in life. Was that how – you, how do you deal with that, mate? Because obviously you, you've researched into how it affects you. You've sort of – you know, you've probably read around the subject a lot. But at the end of the day, 31st of March – life was going to be different yeah um i didn't want to look too much into it right um because you know there's all sorts of stats and stuff like that that they that you don't really want to read right uh i i i read lots of case studies yep uh on people um and uh people were living normal lives right um just just trying to prepare, just, just, just trying to give her the, the, the healthiest kidney that I could. Yeah. Uh, okay, it was selected because it was the strongest and, and healthiest kidney, but yeah. I thought I could make it better. So you were trying to get fitter, you were trying to get cleaner in yeah. a way, so eating just really good, training as much as possible just to make sure that when they take one of your kidneys out, it's just in the best condition ever. Yeah, it's, it's a badass kidney that's going to treat her good for 18, 20 years. Did you think about it all the time in those sort of six weeks leading up to it? I tell you that since since she told me that she needed a kidney, there's not a day or minute that yeah. I did not think about it wow. until uh, until March 31st. But obviously yeah. when you're told you're the donor, you, yeah, there isn't a, I, I don't think there's a minute that didn't go it by. That it by. wasn't on my mind, yeah. ever. You left Dubai in anticipation of the 31st of March you'd flown back and forth a lot of times before was that flight and that sort of journey back different Uh, yeah it was Um, I think only because I made it a little bit different you you know like this is you know like say the the last what I did was was named you know two kidney and right and and, and kind of made a a thing of it just to make light of it yeah Um, yeah. but then I remember sitting on the tarmac in Dubai and, and, and taking off thinking, this is it. This is really it. We're, we're, we are going to go and do this. What? How did you feel about it? Um, I felt so good. It was like really? I was... It was like, you know, you see those um, ambulances and they have like those, the cool boxes with, yeah. with, with organs <laughs> in for donation. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I am. Wow. Uh, I'm going to deliver yeah. uh, this kidney to, to, to Jeannie. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mate, the day of the surgery. Let's get to it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go into the aftermath and where we are today. Yeah. You wake up. Start the story for us. Um, wake up in a, in a hospital bed. Obviously, you've got to go in the day before. Right. Um, you can't eat anything. They, they put you on a, on a drip. Yeah. Uh, you get woken up um, pretty early. I mean, I, I didn't really sleep, to be oh, honest. Yeah. Um, wake up. I can't imagine. They, uh, they put some robes on the end of the bed, take, take a shower. Yeah. Um, then they let my family come in. Yeah. Um, so they all traveled over, obviously. Wow. Um, and then um, Jeannie came up to see me. Yeah. Obviously, she was, she, she was going through even more than I was. So you sort of check into this hospital together. You go to your room. She goes to her room. Yeah. 
Wow. Um, and yeah, we, we, we hang out for 20 minutes. What do you talk about in that situation, mate? Um, the weather? Well, <laughs> I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what happened. The, 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 the day before we went in, yeah. um, uh, unfortunately, her, her mum passed away just before I met her. Right. Um, and we went to see her mum before we went to the hospital. Right. Uh, and I got down on one knee and I asked her to marry me. Wow. Um, just wow. to uh, because I wanted to marry, obviously, of but course, uh, yeah. and, and I timed it so no one would think about what we were about to do, yeah. but more about what we had just done. Right. Um, right. So the, the morning of the operation, you know, it was it was happiness. Wow. Um, and we, you know, we were talking about that, and then you know, and then we said goodbye to each other. And did you think? Sorry, mate. On on that, mm. did you did you do that? I know you did it on purpose, asking her to marry at that time, but you just said something really powerful there in that, you know, people would be thinking about the happiness side that you're going to be together rather than focusing on yeah. this little thing you had to yeah. get to. Was that completely premeditated? Oh, yeah. Like for weeks, months before? Um, I'd say, yeah. It probably, w- when I found out it was it was going to be me, yeah. I mean, I always wanted to marry her. Right. Um, but... When I found out, you know, when I got that letter, when I when I had time to think, I thought yeah. well, we're, we're going to get married. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and she's taking my kidney, so she might as well <laughs> take my whole life. <laughs> take my heart as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of them absolutely physically, the other. But I mean, that must have been. How did that add to? I'm just trying to figure it out from an emotional side because yeah. the whole thing is quite turbulent like we heard before that she felt guilty when it was you and so how how did it balance did it balance things emotionally or did it fuel like how does that work um i don't know it it it, it, it just made it, it just made us forget about it in a way yeah, right yeah so it kind of pulled it off it just sounds super it's good. just like something that was like in the way of what we were what we wanted to do <laughs> and get married <laughs> So you just have a chat, you've just got engaged, you have a chat, 20 minutes, and then it's like, and then, see you on the other side. And then she has to go down. Obviously, I, I, I get uh, I get taken in before. Cause, yeah, because um, they need it. Yeah, so I, I go and hang with my mum and dad, and um, then, yeah, I'm, I'm in my bed, and then the, the surgeon, well, not the surgeon, the, the, the porter comes, Yeah, get on this bed, I say, can I walk? And he says, no way. Really? So they, uh, they, <laughs> they wheel you to the... They wheel you to the um, yeah to the operating theatre and you say bye to your family um, beca- because there is a risk. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there is a risk involved. There's a risk that you don't make it. Percentage wise, um, one in thirty thousand. Right. Right. So it's a very small risk. Yeah, but still. But I was looking at like um, sorry, one in three thousand. One in three thousand. Three thousand. Right. Which is very small. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but if you think about how many people you can fit into a football stadium, yeah, and then you think, okay, you're all going in there, and there's going to be like, yeah, ten percent of you aren't coming, aren't out. coming out. Like yeah. you, you probably wouldn't go to that football stadium. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it was emotional for my mother, uh, was for it? my sister. Was that hard for you, mate? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just to see their 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 um, I was scared. Yeah. Um, Were you? I was um, shitting myself. Uh, Were you? Yeah, yeah. But could um, you show that? Like, with everyone around you, you d- the impression I get is that you're so strong in it that, you know, everyone around you, you're almost, you're the strong one trying to hold it all together. But yeah. I guess inside, like you just said, you're shitting yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't let on uh, right. uh, at all. Yeah. Obviously, it's scary. I mean, any yeah. any, any, <laughs> any surgery that anyone does, yeah. um, be it a knee op or, or, or you know, hernia operation or yeah. you have a little bit of fear yeah. Um, yeah but but when they they remove a you know a vital organ in your body yeah, right um and yeah you, you are you are scared, scared um, shitless, eh? but I, I saved that until yeah. i was on my own yeah um when no one else could be around me which is right. when you get wheeled in and you and you're in the uh, the room waiting to be put on put under what are you thinking at that point then um I've got no idea what I was thinking. Really, I just I just let everything go. Yeah, um, and I was just just in my own world, just completely at peace. Really, yeah, just just nothing, nothing. Yeah. Didn't think anything. Really, no, just there. Yeah, and then I mean, you obviously get wheeled in, you get drugged up, 
and then you wake up. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You, yeah, you literally, they 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 take you into that anesthesia room. Yeah, there's two two chicks there, and they um, they're very calm. And yeah. I had my robes on backwards, so I had to put them on the right way. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, the mask goes on, and then yeah. and, and then you you wake up. What was your first thought when you woke up? Um, ouch. Really? Yeah. Where, where am I? And this hurts. Really? Yeah. What was the pain like? Um, I can't describe it. Really? Uh, there, there was times when I had to remove myself physic- like, like physically. I felt like I was removing myself and I was looking at myself. Wow. Because the pain was just... I mean, they, they, there was a bit of a, an error on the hospital part. Right. And uh, they removed all my... Um, 36 hours after my op, they, they removed me from all painkillers. Right. Uh, morphine and, and everything. Right. Um, and there was a miscommunication. Wow. So I spent um, the whole entire night from 36 hours to, to 48 hours with zero painkillers. Wow. Uh, and, 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 and I... I actually asked them to, to kill me. Really? I, I, yeah. It was Just too much. Too much. So, and and I was, it was like I was on the ceiling and I was looking down at myself. That's the only really? way that I could deal with the pain. Like a complete out-of-body experience. Out-of-body experience. Wow. And people talk about those and, yeah, and then you, you're yeah. like, what are you talking about? But yeah. it was an out-of-body experience and I was just this little thing curled up on this bed in the middle of a room. Just pathetic. Nothing. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it wasn't till the shift changed and the new nurses came in and yeah. the pain team and they were like, He's why hasn't this guy got any painkillers? Really? Yeah. So you just went through sort of 12 hours of horror. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, you couldn't imagine it. It's oh. the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Oh, God. When did you see each other after the operation then? So you've gone in first and the genie's gone in later. Um, yeah, we, th- th- it was on a Thursday. Uh, and then uh, I saw her on the Friday. The next, right. The next day they wheeled me down. Right. Um, just so we could see each other. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember it very well. Yeah, you both probably drunk uh, up. And yeah, I mean we we had morphine on tap every five minutes. We were wow. we had access to morphine and and it was going out of fashion. Like, really, yeah, you needed it. Was, it. it was it yeah. was needed. Yeah. Um, I saw her briefly. I I had a very bad reaction. So, right to the anesthesia and to the morphine. So. I would give myself a hit every five minutes, but I would immediately throw up. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, that, that was pretty harsh. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we saw each other on Friday, and then Saturday was my... Friday night was my bad night. Right, right. Saturday was... was I was out, and my family came to see me. Yeah. Um, during visiting hours, and, and I was... Just done. I wasn't even there, and, wow. and they were... So super worried yeah I can imagine um, and then got the right painkillers in me and then uh, I, I walked out of hospital the next day wow yeah. so in the immediate sort of aftermath of getting out of hospital apart from the slight hiccup with painkillers like everything was a green light they'd, they'd yeah. done the operation it was all good yeah what how did you guys start to feel at that stage I know you're still beaten up from the operation but I think again mentally were you relieved? What? Where were you at? Or was it a recovery process? What? What was going? What yeah. was the chat? Um, it was like, yeah, we, we we'd done it. Right. Um, the my kidney started working for Genie on the operating t- table. Wow. So they 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 plugged it in. Yeah. And it started pulsing immediately. No way. Um, and that's that doesn't happen the whole time, right? No. Sometimes it takes a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so she she quickly realised. Um, and she and she felt amazing. Really, she woke up and she was talking about the wedding. Just um, so much different straight away. Yeah. Wow. Um, she's not on dialysis anymore. Wow. Um, and she she felt good, but she, you know it, it wasn't touch and go. But you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yet, but um, yes, yeah, she was feeling great. Wow. Um, what was the? How did that make you feel, mate? Because um, you're so selfless in all of this. Uh, it's it it is really an amazing story because of your attitude towards it but like you must have felt some form of like victory in it, it at it, that stage yeah it was um it, it was like yeah i'd saved someone's life i yeah. mean I, I you know 
never don't think I've ever met someone that saved someone's life no. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I saved someone from drowning when I was yeah, a kid yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it was it was surreal yeah again surreal yeah. and and it was it was like something you see on the Discovery Channel or you know about these people that, that do these amazing things yeah um, and yeah it was just it was just great to see her so happy and yeah. uh, and back to, to life Give us a little bit of, obviously we're in November now, so we're sort of six months on. Mm. Give us a little bit of a sort of insight into what that recovery process was like. I know you're out running a week later, and, yeah. you know, for, for both of you as well. And, and the adjustment to, because I guess in the lead up to it, mate, in the not knowing, in the testing of, of who could be the donor, there's a lot of unknown. But once it's done, I guess... To a certain extent, it's like, how do we get life yeah. as close to normal or whatever normal is as fast as possible? So talk us through those sort uh, of the last six months. Yeah, well, um, Genie obviously had to take it real slow. Yeah. We were told not to do any physical activity for 12 weeks. Right. You listened to that, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was, uh, yeah, and uh, I, I did a... I probably started working out four days after the operation. So that 12 weeks went right uh, out the window. No, no, you know, just band work. Right. Just some accessory work, like, as you call it. But then yeah. um, two weeks after the operation, um, I did a 5K run. Right. Um, 18 days after the operation, I did a 10K run. Um, <laughs> because it was actually your fault, Marcus, because you had the May... Uh, yeah, running challenge in May. Uh, and I thought I'd, I'd give you some mileage um, you certainly did I, I can't remember how much you ended up contributing to that but quite a lot 100 100 just after a uh, just after an operation as well or not not a normal operation either I'd, yeah something like that but um, you know you, you're given all these painkillers yeah thanks for them <laughs> after the op I wanted them when I was <laughs> in hospital um, you give them painkillers and, and do this you can't do that you can't do this and I just I just lived and I, and I wanted to get out in the fresh air and yeah. you know I was in England I had to be in England for you know two to three months right recovery right uh, and I just wanted to get back to fitness and I yeah. wanted I wanted to prove that you didn't have to do nothing for 12 weeks right. because I think that might be a deterrent for quite a few people. Yeah, right. Especially if you, you're, you're into fitness and, 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 you know, being in shape. Yeah. And I thought, no, no, that can't be normal. So you almost had a point to prove about about how you would recover. Yeah. So, wow. um, so you wanted to prove all the doctors wrong, basically, yeah. is what you're saying. Everyone wrong. And, and, yeah. and in my mind, and I, and I think I mentioned it to one of, uh, I think I mentioned to everyone, I said, Give me two weeks, yeah, and, and I'm going to be doing fitness things, right? You know, yeah, whatever it may something. be. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just said, give me two weeks, yeah, and that's yeah. At, at, at two weeks, I ran 10k. Not only did you run 10k at two weeks, mate, but as soon as you got back to Dubai after two or three months, you bought a bike and you stepped things up. Talk us through um, some of the things you've done since, because I think this is what's really incredible as well. Yeah, well. Uh, getting back, you know, uh, uh, had a, a good friend of mine, Stan, and uh, he wanted to uh, get fit, and, yeah. and, he, and he thought the way to do that is to commit to a triathlon. Yeah. Um, so, a bunch of us said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do that," and I said, "Well, we're gonna help you. We're gonna support you." Right. Um, so, got back, um, and I started doing triathlons, <laughs> um, and very very quickly um, did did some did some sprints. Um, in the weekend, I'd do a couple of sprint triathlons. Yeah. Um, and then, I think, two weeks after that, I did an Olympic triathlon. Right. Um, so, yeah, just, just doing different types of fitness that I'd never really was interested in. Yeah. But it was fitness, and, and, yeah. it, and it, was, it was a good thing to do. And, and Was that the kind of stuff that your body could handle more than obviously putting it under strain through weights and stuff? Or yeah. did you... That, so, it was a natural thing to go into? Yeah. You know, because obviously, I, you know... I've had a kidney removed, yeah. and, and, and there's risk involved with lifting heavy weights. Right, right. Because, um, you know, you've been stitched up. There's blood vessels and, yeah. and main things that lead to those to that organ, which is not there anymore. Yeah, so right. So yeah. if, if I were to, you know, try and, try and dead, you know, 
180 kilos, no I'm way. sure that yeah. might cause a little bit of damage. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, have you felt any any sort of anything that you've been in a situation where you're like, ah, that doesn't feel quite right. I maybe shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Or, or has your body felt pretty good most? I mean, I remember not long after you came back, you came in and we we're doing a workout with GHD sit-ups, and you're like, I'll try them. Yeah. <laughs> Like no, and then you had no pain at all. I think I was more worried than you were. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't know unless you try something, right? Right. And um, yeah, GHDs. I, I I was worried about them, and I think that was three months after the operation. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't um, that yeah. Far. We did that workout. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. It, it was cool. Just try it and and uh, take it easy on the first rep, and then uh, see how it goes. Yeah, let's go. How's Jeannie doing now? Amazing. She just moved back. She just moved back to Dubai. So um, you guys are, are finally getting a, quote, normal life. Yeah, back to normal life. Yeah. Um, she's pretty psyched about getting the wedding sorted. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, she's been back now for about almost five weeks. Right. Um, but she's still in need of certain things, and you're still having to travel to the UK. Give us a little yeah. bit of an insight into what's sort of – because it's not over for her. It's, it's no. for you – this is life now, and, and, and you're pretty much okay, but for her, there's still some challenges. Um, she still needs a pancreas. Right. Because um, hers has never worked. Wow. Um, and to to save, you know, to give my kidney, which she now has, m- a longevity right. and, and a longer life, she needs a pancreas that works. Right. Um, so the plan is to, uh, we have to move back to England. Right. Um, probably in two years or so. Right. Um, but in the meantime, she needs to travel back every five, six, seven weeks yeah. um, and uh, and be checked up by the NHS doctors. When does she need to get that pancreas by then? Is there a deadline? Or no, no. But does it put more strain on other parts of her body? The sooner the better. Right. Um, but we want to live a normal life for a couple right. of years. You know, we want to get married. And yeah. uh, her sister Shaz is uh, expecting in January. Wow. So we want to hang with the kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and my sister and brother-in-law have got two young kids. Yeah. So we just want to live a normal life. And uh, Mate, but what is a normal life now? You've been through, you know, it started in 2015. We're sort of 18 months down the road of it. What? What is normal now? Like, what what does it look like? Because your normals changed before we started the show. Yep. We we're talking about food. We we're talking about you did some squats this morning. You, you stand up and you feel dizzy. What what is life now? Um, it, it's it's very similar. Yeah. Um, train you know training aside. Yeah. Because that's just just something I do for fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we the, the life is 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 back to how it was before. Awesome. Awesome. Um, she's she's doing Pilates and wow, um, is, is doing everything, driving normally, and, yeah. and, and it's it's the same. That's cool, really. Um, That's cool. But yeah, do you, do you is there a still tough uh, a tough mental side to deal with for for either of you? Do you do you sort of have you're pretty rock solid, I know, but you, you still have feelings. You still must. It still must be up and down. Do you revisit that twelve hours of pain that you spoke to us about? You know, do you feel? Is there different emotions now that you have only one kidney, or how? You know, is is that stuff a factor in life? Um, I I try not to think about it, and I right. tend not to think about it. Good, yeah. Um, but it, it, it'll never leave me. For instance, um, you can get poisoned pretty easily from consuming too much protein. Right. So. Before the before the op, I was I was you know a lot heavier than I was. Yeah. Um, and I mean I, lo- I lost eleven kilos wow. from the operation in, wow. in total. Wow. Um, and I can only consume hundred gram of protein now, which per is day? yeah per day, right. which right. is which is nothing. It's not a very interesting um, steak, is it? Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. So um, because of that, I I, I I turned vegan. Right. Um, and I thought I'm. I'm going to get all my protein from from other things that, right. that, that's very easy to do when you right. can only consume 100 grams. Right. Um, is Jeannie is the same? Can she is, is she restricted to how much protein she can have? Um, not really. Right. But she doesn't... Uh, she, she's a celiac as well. Right, right. So she can't eat gluten. Right. Um, so that kind of restricts what she eats. Yeah, right. Uh, but we follow pretty much the same the same diet. I, right. I follow a celiac diet as much as I can. Right. And a right. vegan diet. Um, just to, to be as healthy as I can. Yeah. Um, and how do you feel 
in like normal life now like healthy fit strong like how how, how do you actually feel um, i feel I, I feel fit and healthy but i'm not as fit and healthy as i as i was yeah um i would like to be yeah uh, but it's, it's gonna take time gonna is take it gonna time. take time or do you have to reset goals and standards and norms really to sort of okay that was pre-op tom and this is post-op tom yeah i can go and do olympic distance triathlons i can do this but i know you know i'll never have a goal to deadlift 250 kilos what how do you put all of that together it's pretty hard like you know uh pre-op i was you know for instance deadlifting 180 kilo um and and now i'll i'll do linda yeah, and, and you know I've got say 105 on the bar, and yeah. it's tough. Right, and, right. And not only physically tough, but it's like uh, that was easy, man. Like, right, uh, that was really easy before. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's the sacrifice. You know, it, it doesn't outweigh yeah. what I've actually done. And, right. and if I've saved my wife to be's life, yeah. and now I can only deadlift. You know, 140 max. Who, who really cares? You yeah. know, it's just a yeah. number. Yeah. So what? What are? What are your goals, mate? I I I know to marry it and and to be happy and stuff. But you've been quite into fitness, and that's why I think where we started was good. You know, you're obsessed with with weightboarding. All of your goals, or a lot of your goals, are, are super physical, and 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 you've absolutely smashed them. You're dedicated. You're committed. So, how do you now set goals, and and what? does it look like for maybe the next year or so um just continue to get stronger and, right. and I, I would like to be very close to where i was at right you think that's possible um yeah right um, awesome. i think it is um i think i have to train harder yeah. maybe yeah um which is why i installed a crossfit rig in my, in my <laughs> yeah, garden house, yeah. a few weeks ago yeah very impressive um, one as well <laughs> so I'd like to get back to to how I felt before. Yeah. Um, but there is no no rush. Right. Uh, th- my main goal now is looking after looking after Jeannie. Yeah. Um, for the next yeah well, for the foreseeable future. Looking forward to our wedding. Amazing. Uh, in March. Yeah. Um, and yeah, fitness can take a, can take a, not a back seat. But yeah. uh, I guess this has put things in a little bit of perspective. We it, could, say. you know, it, yeah, it, it, you you look at life differently, yeah. and and it yeah. has a domino effect on on how you live your life. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. What would you say? Ending on that point, it has a domino effect on how you live your life. What would you say is like one or two of the really key takeaways? from this experience like the things that you'd say to people from the last 18 months of my life from giving away one of my kidneys these two things is what i think you should take into your life to live the very best life um life is pretty simple right um and 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 us as humans make it so complicated amazing yeah um and you know the sim- simple things it, it, you know don't don't let life wind you up right um one one thing you know you get pissed off every day driving in dubai <laughs> why, why does it piss you off who cares man? who cares like right. really who, who cares yeah so, someone insults you or you know you, you're doing something bad at work it's, yeah it's, it's it's just a job you're making f- money for someone else or, yeah, or and, yeah. oh, you don't make money. you've got life you've got right. health right you have fitness right for, forget about all that other stuff you yeah. Know? yeah possessions and and things that people but who cares man? right just be happy that you have your life wow yeah, yeah. i think that's um i think that's one thing man i think that's one thing in in especially in in the world that we're in at the moment that people maybe don't pay as much attention to yeah yeah, just stand back and and look at you look at yourself you're lucky amazing mate super powerful stuff i really appreciate you sharing sharing the story with us mate and you know we'd we'd love to get you back on maybe in six months or or eight months and and hear where that deadlift's at and where life's (laughs) where life's at and (laughs) yeah (laughs) you said little increases so we expect little increases but I personally think what you've done is absolutely heroic, mate. I think the way that you've 
explained it to us in the last sort of 45 minutes as well just gives it gives me a lot of motivation and i hope it gives a lot of people a lot of motivation yeah i just want to add marcus that uh you know during the during the whole period yeah um i was training with you guys and and, and you know your brand um you know no weakness yeah and, and it was something that i thought about a lot wow. um and i i had your wristband on yeah um and and, and I'll, I'll you know I, i'm not lying here it yeah. really did help myself yeah pull through in certain times amazing um and yeah it, you know no, thanks to you guys it, it, no, it, it helped we appreciate it we appreciate it and i'm glad you've both come out the other side yep we're here uh, that's what's important tom ellis kidney donor congratulations mate and thank you so much thank you marcus thanks for your time thanks a lot folks for tuning into this episode of the podcast and i really do hope you enjoyed that and excellent chat there with Tom Ellis. Hugely motivational for me personally and hope for you guys as well. Remember, if you do have any questions, email us winning at infight.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you do want that Smith Street Paleo goodie bag, then just hop over to iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review, send us an email, let us know you've done it. Until next time, take care.